ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 138 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Hall. This week with me in the side seat of my awesome motorcycle, we've got the one and only Scott Sidlow. How are you doing tonight, Scott? Well, I'm halfway to the the new me here. I've got my new internet <laughs> connection, my new laptop, but uh, I am sitting on my couch. So for those of you watching, I'm very uncomfortable currently. Uh, but by next Thursday night, I'll have my new office set up and my new desk and all that. So looking forward to that. Hopefully my audio is coming through loud and clear and uh, those all those wonderful technical issues will be long behind me. So looking forward to that. Love it. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, if you are watching live or you're watching on repeat on YouTube, if you're looking in, Scott's got a terrific uh, selection of photos of his family there on the wall. If you're looking for something to stare at. Uh, we are excited about the new studio, Scott. I know it's going to be a, a nice upgrade for you. So obviously we're okay with the transition too. It's part of the deal. But uh, with us this week to talk w- rookie wide receivers, we've got the one and only Travis May. How are you, Travis? I'm just doing great, man. It's been fun just uh, talking NFL draft nonstop. And I've uh, been doing this full time now, uh, covering college football and then the, the mojo market, uh, sports great. stock market, and uh, just awesome. – in the uh, in the thick of it when it comes to the NFL draft prep because we are trying to make sure that first time we come around to the NFL draft with a live stock market where you can trade players that we don't break everything you know like that's probably not you know I don't want to break all the things Uh, so you know the lots of work to be had and I'm you know going to add a few hundred college football players to the market here soon so uh, that yeah lots of lots of work but no pressure it's all fun stuff so Awesome. Yeah. No, I love what you guys are doing at Mojo. I can't wait for that to go wider and bigger and kind of get more out to more people. I mean, I know we've talked about it. We're in a, we're in a DTC league together, of course, and it's come up a couple of times where, and maybe you can clarify for listeners if they're not familiar, what is Mojo and kind of what is that that you guys are doing over there that's so unique? I, I definitely want to give you a chance to talk about it. Uh, sure. Yeah. Just to kind of basically break it down, it's you can trade players, bet on players like their stocks. And so it's based on objective stats however they do in their respective league. Cause we don't just have football. Like we added NBA and, and college basketball and we're adding major league baseball and there's objective stats tied to their production and that uh, produces their stock price. And so it can go up and down based on how they're performing and how that suggests they'll perform in the future and uh, how players, um, you know, users actually buy and sell uh, certain players across the market. So it's, it's just been a lot of fun to see, people really putting their money where their mouth is and saying, Hey, I believe yeah. in this rookie player. Uh, I believe in this, you know, older veteran to still give us some, some decent returns at this stage in his career. Uh, so it's just been a lot of fun uh, making the college football market come to life and, you know, having like a hundred or so uh, of these rookies on the market now 
uh just it's it's a lot to keep track of but it is so much fun just to see people eating it up already and uh, you have to be in new jersey unfortunately you have to be in new jersey right now to uh to trade but uh, we are expanding uh and we'll be in other states and when we are it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast so tons of fun in the, the near future for for mojo well, and I love the idea too, especially for a dynasty podcast like ourselves. We always talk about value. I mean, that is like one of the top tenets of dynasty football is, you know, buy low, sell high, and all this when in terms of your roster and like yeah. building value and all this. It's the same idea, just a portfolio like Scott does, yeah. a portfolio of leagues. It's, it's all kind of right in that same range. It's the same basic premise, right? If you think someone's yes. going to be blowing up, buy them when they're low and sell them when they're high. It's the same logic. Just it's, a much it's what we already scale. do in this, this yeah. uh, dynasty space. So, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well. Yeah, the pivot is pretty easy, I would think, right? So if you're in New oh, Jersey and you're, and you're able to or interested, I guess, in doing this and able to trade, uh, definitely yeah. go to Mojo. Is it what's the website? Do people want to check it out? I don't want to mess it up. Just mojo.com and uh, okay. just check out check it out on the app. Uh, you can get it on uh, iOS or Android. So, yeah, perfect. Yeah, and then again, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to you know put something on Twitter and tag Travis. I'm sure he'll be happy to help. Uh, and obviously, your your Twitter is at ff underscore Travis M. Uh, and again, it's it's such a unique new thing. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of questions, but you're right. This draft season is going to be crazy. <laughs> and the, and before we even get to the draft, to kind of pivot into the show a little bit here, we always start with news and kind of what's happened in the in the last week or so in terms of dynasty, you know, values and players and things like that. I feel like it was a pretty light news week. There really wasn't any major signings. I mean, what uh, Marvin Jones changed to number zero. You know, what I mean, there's little things that don't really <laughs> do anything, right? But the one thing I, I put it on the show sheet last week, I know Rocky and, and Peter talked about it before I could hop on, but still no Rogers trade. I mean, for someone who talks about value, Travis, I'll kick it to you first. Like what's, what's Rogers value on Mojo and what's the thought here? Is he still going to get traded? I think uh, we kind of at Mojo, we, we debated, man, what, what should Rogers projection be? Like, cause yeah. how, how much longer does a player like Rogers have? And he could retire next week after he comes out of his cave or he could, you know, have two, three more seasons if he just figures out how to, you know, stick around and doesn't completely fall off the rails. And so that's been a, a crazy back and forth discussion in house. And with seeing users how they invest in a player like Rodgers, it's been all over the place. Um, but especially with Jordan Love because he's still so young, there's been all sorts of action on him too. Just to, just back and forth both sides, like selling short, long, whatever. Uh, so. Yeah, it's tough with him because um, on Mojo, like there's there's two parts to your value as, as a stock, like what you've done already, your banked value, and then your future. And so he only has like less than ten dollars of future value uh, when he's already accrued like uh, over a hundred, <laughs> and and so wow. that's that's implying he's got maybe at max two seasons, but probably less than that uh, to go. And so um, yeah, it's 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 a tough bet to make. Uh, and as a user, I don't even know which direction I would go. <laughs> and as a as a dynasty fantasy football player, I I don't know how you sell him because like I don't know how you get fair value for what he is on the field if he is healthy. And I right. don't know how you buy him because you you'd feel like you're overpaying because he could be done like at the end of the year. And so it's just yeah, it's, it's like it's, a veteran really rental. Weird. Yeah, it's yeah, not somebody I'm I'm looking to acquire, but you're not going to be able to sell him for much. Scott, what do you think about this whole Rogers thing? Is it still happening, or is he going to go on an ayahuasca yeah. trip and decide to go somewhere different? No, it's it, it's happening. It's, yeah, uh, it's like to that. the Packers' benefit to wait. So um, mm -hmm. they have no they have no rush. They don't care. They know it's happening. So um, 
yeah i mean it's it's we're just we're just waiting it's gonna happen it's gonna hit the the bottom line here any day um or we're gonna get that alert on our phone that you know the trade finally went through but yeah it's it's definitely happening um you know hearing about other teams pop up and whatever is just like bored journalists i guess i don't know but they gotta rate something man (laughs) there's really no but there's no other teams that can really afford him right now yeah um without altering the complete trajectory of their teams you know how many teams want a 39 year old quarterback who doesn't want to you know doesn't know if he wants to play every year right so um yeah it's happening he's going to the jets it's it's just a matter of time i agree by the way i mean it's a little clickbaity to be like is he gonna be traded like you know we got to play a little bit into that but i agree (laughs) i also think that if i'm gonna guess a time i think it happens at the draft I think it happens when the picks are actually live and then, you know, the Packers have done everything they could to try to get the price as low as they can and kind of give their picks the most value. We do it in dynasty all the time, right? You know, wait till you're on the clock to make a trade. It's sort of the same logic I could see happening here. Maybe not on the clock per se for the Packers, but you know, closer to the draft is better for them. Why, why hurry? Um, They know it's going to happen. I think we all know it's going to happen. And I think the only, the only beneficiary on this is Rogers because he gets to be in the news for longer. Um, but again, it's just, I, it's, it's frustrating as a dynasty player to kind of not know exactly. Cause again, he's just such a wild card right now. Like there's just so, I mean, it could be, he could never play again. He could play three more years. We, we don't know the range of outcomes is crazy. So I just think it's, we're going to be talking about Rogers for the next few weeks. We don't need to go any further, but I just wanted to make sure we hit on that again here. Cause I didn't get to really talk about it. I know Scott didn't either last week, so I felt like it'd be good to cover. Uh, the next two that I put on the news, both also quarterbacks here, but both are kind of just, what are we hearing? And, and that's Mac Jones and Lamar Jackson. There's been some talk about a potential, I don't know, trade where Mac Jones gets traded and then Bill Belichick goes out and somehow acquires Lamar Jackson. I mean, Scott, I'll kick it back to you first, I guess, on this one. Where are you at with Mac Jones and Lamar in Dynasty? Are you trying to acquire these guys? Do you think there's a dip you should buy? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to me that Belichick gives Mac Jones like one of the uh, worst coaches ever um, <laughs> and on the defensive side of the ball and as a head coach. And then, you know, another random guy who basically the year after he leaves a worse roster makes the playoffs. And I'm talking about the giants, right? Um, so how is Belichick like mad at Mac Jones after dealing with that? Like, I just yeah. don't get it. Um, Who do you man? <laughs> but also would you be shocked like i just have these memories in my brain of just like baltimore annihilating new england and bill is just there he's got his notebook and he's like writing down these notes right and like that's just what he does and he's preparing for the future and how he's going to stop these guys but like doesn't he want to maybe do that doesn't he maybe want to have that kind of quarterback and run that system and, and do those things to the opponent so like could i see him pulling something like that off yeah absolutely why not? Um, but for me, I've been buying Mac Jones um, over the last few months. I mean, he's not, he costs nothing. Um, right. So why not? I mean, he's going to be, a, you know, probably a f- solid QB2. He's not going to be anything spectacular, but if he just needs to fill your QB2 spot, you know, sure. Um, I'll take it. So if this yeah. news makes him even cheaper, I'll pick up a few more shares. I'm good with that too. Like, um him or Derek Carr I'll I'll take Mac for half the cost you know all day so yeah Yeah. I'm good with that I'm with you Travis you on that same page with Mac are you kind of avoiding him what do you think I actually don't necessarily like even buying low on Mac necessarily he coming in I loved his his upside as a passer 
and uh, the metrics that I use to analyze the, the passing, um, you know, quarterbacks and, and from a passing perspective, he was checked all the boxes, especially at his peak. He had back-to-back seasons like 95th percentile plus and uh, most meaningful metrics that I care about. Um, you know, you know, the one season was kind of like a partial sample, uh, you know, until two, it went down with injury. But uh, the mobility was a, a major issue. He was right on the fringe of being, uh, you know, a liability uh, in, in terms of like the modern fit, the modern game for quarterbacks. And so the, the game is leaving that archetype. Uh, and so I don't, I'm not necessarily interested in uh, the upside or the lack thereof with Mac Jones or even buying low because I think I'd just rather target somebody else who has a little bit more to offer uh, with their legs in, in the modern NFL. Like that's the, you just have to be able to at least generate something positive uh, without injuring yourself uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and to be meaningful for fantasy purposes and providing a safer floor at that position. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just not really interested in that situation. I think they, they might go elsewhere completely. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that, that Mac Jones is, I wouldn't say he's polar. Right. Right. Is that me? Am I glitching here? All right. Well, uh, yeah, just a little bit. that's okay. <laughs> I think we're back. Everybody see me now? Yes, sir. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened there. My, my computer is just, it's on its own. It's on its own level tonight. We're not going to get into it. But uh, before we leave this, I do want to just hit on a second for Lamar Jackson. I feel like Lamar Jackson is kind of, again, a nebulous position. I, I just maybe a quick answer. And Travis, I'll go back to you on this one. You were talking about Mac and not being a big fan. I mean, is there a, ch- I guess, what's the percent chance if you had to put it on your gut that Lamar doesn't play at all this year? Like, is there even a chance or do you think it's 0% that he definitely plays? Just curious. No, he absolutely plays. Like he's not going to pull Le'Veon Bell and just like, <laughs> I mean, that, that's a really quick way to get out of the league for good. It's uh, a ballsy so move. Just, just, yeah, yeah. That's not. That's not really. That's not going to do it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm with you, but Scott, what do you think? Is there any chance that he sits out this year? Or do you think like like Travis that that's just not thing? No, buy Lamar. I've been buy offering Lamar. all my uh, 103s and 104s and anything like that. If anybody's panicking, uh, I'll take him. I'll take him off your hands. Can you well, pick we'll it talk in the 102? About, uh, give me Lamar. Yeah, we'll talk about a trade for Lamar later in the show. A little foreshadowing there. I did make a Lamar move this week that I was kind of got, again, polarizing in that regard. Lamar is definitely more uh, more interesting. I do think he plays, but I think it's like a 1% chance that he doesn't. And I only say that because we've seen other players do it. You know, like it never happened before. It was always a 0%, but we've actually seen it happen and it made no sense then. I mean, hell, it's it, think stranger things have happened. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think there's still a 1% chance. Nah, it's not much. But again, I think there's, it's hard to say anything with 100% certainty in this day and age in the NFL. So again, I'm not saying it's crazy, but if you can get a good price for Lamar, I don't mind. But also if you can buy him for a good price, now's a good time to try that too. All right. So that pretty much covers our news. Again, pretty light this week. Not really here to focus on that anyway. Uh, the main thing, and obviously one of the main things I think of anytime I think of rookies, I always think, well, Travis may knows rookies. Let me go see what his feeds <laughs> like. Let's see what he's looking at. Uh, we were talking about it before the show. Uh, you know, Travis, you someone that I've been listening to for quite some time and all the different podcasts that you've done. Uh, obviously love a lot of your content. So does Scott. But we're talking about receivers tonight, and we're not going to get terribly deep, but we want to talk about the top 12 receivers in Dynasty. Um, as of right now, the March ADP is still the latest on DLF, so that's kind of what we'll use. Uh, this is the Superflex rookie ADP according to, I think it was five mocks. I can double check that. No, it was 10. Perfect. 10 mocks for rookies. Yeah. Good right. So this is a pretty good sample size. Yeah, pretty good sample size. 
Uh, and if we're just looking at receivers, because again, obviously you've got Bijan 101, right? Everybody knows that. But I'm going to list the top 12 receivers and then we'll talk about tiers and everything like we did before. But number wide receiver one, still Jackson Smith and Jigba at five overall, which I think makes total sense given the way the top's laying out. Then you've got Jordan Addison at eight, Quentin Flowers at nine, Zay Flowers at 11, Josh Downs at 12. So those guys are all in that like, you know, top, I don't know, top 12 first round kind of pick range in my book, right? Those are, that's yeah. not too bad to me. Uh, from no. there, we've got wide receiver six, Jalen Hyatt, Marvin Mims, Kayshawn Booty. And I always, I want to say Boutte. I think it's Boutte. <laughs> yeah, Boutte. Uh, and then number nine, wide receiver nine, Rashi Rice. Wide receiver 10, Cedric Tillman. Wide receiver 11, Tank Dell. And then number 12, rounding out the top 12 is Xavier Hutchinson. So obviously this isn't all of the receivers. There are some other players below that. But I guess maybe where we start, Travis, is do you think this is a good representation of the 12? Do you feel like there's anybody missing? And then what, I guess, what do you think in general about this class? Let's start there. Sure. Yeah, I think this is uh, at the very top, the top six or seven uh, has, has become pretty chalky in terms of, you know, JSN, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers. Those guys seem to be the pretty safe or safer first round real NFL draft capital projections. Josh Downs and Jalen Hyde are kind of in the fringe. Probably, you know, maybe they go in the 40s or something like that. Marvin Mims has been gaining some steam, especially among fantasy circles. Um, but he, he's probably a late uh, round two when it all when it's all said and done. So the first seven seem pretty chalky. Boutte would be higher if he didn't have some really strange off-field stuff and uh, if he hadn't had the two ankle surgeries and then just looked like a shell of himself last year because mm. he was really promising when he first came into college and just something happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him, but uh, he's not looked the same for a while. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, like, yeah, it's it's not too far off. I think – uh, on Mojo, uh, Trey Palmer is actually up in this mix uh, from Nebraska. And a part of it is, you know, stemming back to the uh, senior bowl. Uh, he did enough to warrant some interest. And then he, of course, was the fastest wide receiver at the NFL Combine. And that's going to turn some heads, right? Uh, but it, it feels like normally we get a little bit more buzz around the fastest wide receiver at the Combine. But that hasn't really been the case with Palmer. Uh, in fantasy football circles, but on Mojo, it has like where people are actually trying to say, Hey, look, eh, I'm going to go with the fastest guy uh, at the combine and assume he's at least going to get day two capital. And with him, he's intriguing to me just because he, he was wasted away at LSU, uh, you know, competing with future NFL players. Um, and he didn't like his role there. So he transfers away and in year one, like right away in his new home uh, takes up like 40% of the offense for Nebraska <sighs> And um, even though teams know what he's going to do and know he's going to win downfield, they can't stop him. He's one of the most efficient deep threats in the country this year with not great quarterback play, uh, right. not great offense all around. And so uh, I was really impressed by Palmer. And so I think he should be up in this conversation and wouldn't be surprised if he outproduces, you know, half, half the guys you listed. Well, that's interesting. I mean, Trey Palmer on DLF right now is wide receiver 24 going 57th overall. I mean, like that's, that's late fourth, fifth round. Like that's flyer pick. Like that's just kind of yeah. choosing somebody. And I think you make an interesting point. And this is, you know, oftentimes why I like waiting until after we see landing spot and draft capital to really get a mm -hmm. ranking together. Because if, if, if Palmer gets day two capital, we're going to see that number skyrocket. Oh yeah. Right? That's going to see him go in the, in the, in the <laughs> mid third round of the NFL draft. He's going to be a top 12 receiver. I agree with you. I think that there's just, it's a deep class though, which is kind of where I was mm -hmm. going with this. Like, 
I think this class is living up to a lot of the hype that we've heard for the last couple of years. I know there's, you know, there's obviously some people out there that try to be a little bit contrarian and all this, that, and the other, but I mean, even just comparing it to last year and seeing the drastic difference last year, you know, number one overall in Superflex leagues was Malik Willis, who might not even be playing this year. You know, like that's how brutal that the landscape was last year. And this year, it's kind of like a, a, you know, we're sitting on a bunch of riches here. And receiver, obviously, is one of the deepest classes there is. I mean, we've got a ton of names that we're not going to talk about much tonight that are still going to be warranted on your team and are worth drafting in those later rounds. Scott, I guess I'll pass it back to you here. What do you think in general about this class? And then is there anyone that you think is missing from this top 12 that you would, you know, kind of like to see move up? Yeah, I think this is one of those classes that might, do better than people expect as NFL receivers. Like we might see quite a few of these guys stick around for a while. Um, But I don't know fantasy wise. I don't really know yet. You know, some of these guys, it's really going to depend on where they land. Um, You know, if you get like a Cedric Tillman going to like the chiefs or something like that, you know that he's just going to like blast up the boards. Right. So I think landing spots really going to affect a lot of these guys values ultimately. Um, You know, right now there's probably only a few guys I'm really even comfortable looking at in the first round and more likely than not, I'd rather just trade out or trade back uh, and take a shot on two or just a completely different position. Um, However, two names I'll give you that are not on this list are uh, Jaden Reed and Jonathan Mingo. And so we're definitely going deeper there. Um, Those are certainly a couple of Matt Waldman guys. Um, And so, you know, I I watched Reed uh, in college, so I saw him firsthand. Um, Mingo, I didn't know as much about until I heard Waldman talking about him and then watching some of his tape. Like, I, I really... Uh, could see what he's talking about. I don't know that it's like day one there, but um, I I could definitely see the traits that uh, he brings up. So those are two guys that I'd be interested to get uh, Travis's take on. Yeah, Travis, what do you think about that? What about Reed and and Mingo? Are those two guys that you agree are kind of deserved to be in the conversation? Like uh, like you said about Palmer? Uh, Yeah, so I think um, Mingo especially has, has gained some steam here recently. I think much, much due in part to uh, takes from guys like Waldman. Um, and I think some people at PFF are rather high on him too. Uh, I, I liked the, the traits that I saw when he was healthy. And at times he was fun to, uh, to try to get his college football DFS projection right. I never got it right ever. But <laughs> uh, he was just frustrating to kind of predict when he would actually pop. Um, but he's got the physicality and that big wide receiver play that uh, there aren't a lot of uh, receivers like that in in this class. So I I am intrigued by the tools, uh, but I don't think by any means he's a very difference-making downfield threat as an elite weapon there. I don't think he's uh, an elite down-to-down route runner that separates uh, for the short-to-intermediate game. Like I'm not sure like what his trump card is. I don't think he actually has one. How he wins, right? Yeah, like I don't think he has – like that thing that's going to get uh, make uh, wherever he lands, where like a team's just going to be like, man, we have to get him on the field like right away. He has to be this role in our offense. Like he, he to me, profiles like an early day three guy that is a rotational wide receiver three or four on a team for several years. But I, I never really starts for fantasy to me with Mingo. Um, but maybe you know, maybe it all he puts it all together and stays healthy. Um, you know, in, in hits, but I, I not, not, not necessarily 
uh, what I'm projecting for him. Although I will say people have been rather fond of him lately on Mojo. There, there has been a rise in his price because of some significant action. I think, uh, and it's funny because just people, they follow the trends. They follow uh, the hot, hot names. And so we are seeing a little bit of a rise uh, for Mingo. Reed is a guy that I've actually liked back to, you know, his, his playing in the Mac days, you know, mm, action, <laughs> um, yeah. action, man. And uh, he had a true, yeah, man, he had a true freshman breakout and was uh, phenomenal. Uh, ends up transferring, uh, goes to Michigan state. I mean, he, he should have come out already uh, to the league. He was ready to do so, but uh, just kept on racking up some stats and, um, at the senior role, he really wowed, just embarrassing some people <laughs> in uh, man coverage. As you know, it's kind of designed to do that at senior role for advantage wide receivers, but that wasn't a surprise at all. So I, I would not be surprised if he sneaks into the back end of day two just because of his ability to separate in man coverage, um, uh, even even for a slider body type. Yeah, I, I mean, again, the, both of those guys, I think there's even a, a handful more we could go down the rabbit hole for. But I think there's a lot of players that we're going to see rise up the, the draft boards to kind of zoom back in on these 12. Let's kind of dive into this again for a minute here. I know the question that we asked last week that I want to definitely ask again here is, you know, we're going to talk about tiers a little bit. We've got rookie drafts coming up. Obviously, a lot of ours are in a month or so from now, right after the NFL draft. Um, I know that's how most leagues tend to do it. And landing spots going to change a couple things. It's going to move players up and down and things like that. I like to look at it that a, a, a tier should be formed before we know that unless some crazy thing happens and some, you know, amazing jump happens. We're like, hell, I don't know. Trey Palmer goes at the end of the first to the Bengals or something. Okay, great. Now you're a tier or two up from where you were because that's nuts, right? That stuff doesn't happen very often. I like to look at talent as where the tiers define themselves and then move within that tier once you find the landing spot. Also makes it a lot easier when you get to that draft because you may only have a couple days between the draft and your draft to kind of put the the rankings together. So looking at these, (laughs) yeah, I mean, in some cases, not at all, right? There are some I know that start Friday and the first round is over on Thursday night. So it's like kind of right into it, even as the draft is going. Uh, That'll be entertaining. But um, looking at these 12, again, from 1 to 12 with Jackson Smith and Jigba at the top and Xavier Hutchinson at wide receiver 12. I'm curious, Travis, where would you put tiers based on talent and not knowing anything else about the NFL draft capital that we're going to find out? Where would you put the tiers for these guys? For me personally, Jason is in his own tier. um, And it's been that way for a little bit. And I know I know what his slot rate is. That's fine. Uh, I think he's going to be going to a team that's going to utilize him in areas where he's best set to succeed. Um, Ohio State. Sure, he had a fantastic surrounding cast that took some attention away from him. And, uh, you know, a lot of college offenses are actually kind of funneling a bunch of targets to their best wide receiver and they're moving them into, into the slot. And it's becoming a trend. That's fine. But JSN was extremely productive. Uh, what caught 15 balls in more than one game in the same season while yeah. <laughs> sharing targets with two future first rounders. Uh, one of those games, they were already gone. But, Still, I, JSN, he could have sat out this entire past year and he would have been my wide receiver one in this class. Uh, Jordan Addison is close, but I think uh, it's still kind of uh, a tier down for me. Uh, and then there's a big a big group that I think uh, you could say is uh, you know Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers, uh, Josh Downs, and even Marvin Mims up there. And maybe, maybe if I want to look past the obvious – uh, schematic deficiencies and uh, just translation problems that Jalen Hyatt might have. He might be in that group, but uh, there's there's a big bunch that I think you could say probably deserve to go in between like pick 20 and pick 40, 
five-ish in the real draft. And that's kind of how I feel about that whole bunch after that. Sure. Uh, and, and then there's a huge group, I think, that, that comes after that. I, I and Normally, I have more hard and fast tiers, and I want to get a little bit more nitpicky and say that you could draw a line in between like Addison, Quentin Johnston, and, and Flowers. Um, but I think that's probably overdoing it because uh, the landing spot's probably going to dictate things more with that, that tier two. Big groups probably better anyway, right? Like we're going to get more info to, to split that up. What about you, Scott? How do you rank these and where do you put your tiers? Is it similar to what Travis said? Yeah, it's, it's really kind of a big one big tier for me right now. I don't Quentin Johnson, man. I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, that's helpful. All right. <laughs> uh, he just, he just gives me like Kevin white vibes. I don't know, man. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm looking at there, but, um, I will tell you this. I mean, JSN is one. Um, I have my one and only rookie draft pre NFL draft and it started today and, uh, went Bijan 101 uh anthony richardson went 102 um then it went bryce young cj stroud and jameer gibbs okay wow. so those are the top okay. five and so i'm here at 106 uh fielding trade offers right now as we're recording this but i think i like jsn enough here to go ahead and and pull the trigger at the, at the 106 and and add him to my team last year i did the same thing with garrett wilson even though he wasn't my wide receiver one, I felt like he was the safest pre-draft. And so I, I took Wilson. So that's kind of the same analogy I would make here. It's just I feel like JSN is the not only has the upside, but he's also very safe. Like I think whatever system he goes to, we know he's he's going to be a high draft pick. He's going to go to a good system or actually even if he doesn't, like he's just a good talent. He could play probably play outside, too. So, um, yeah, he's he's the clear number one for me. Um, and then after that, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I'll be drafting a lot of receivers this year, honestly. Really? Okay. I, I just don't, I, I don't think so. Um, I, there's a lot of running backs I'd rather throw darts on. Um, you know, I'll always take quarterbacks and tight ends because, you know, most of my leagues are quarterback tight end premium. So wide receiver, you know, there's a few guys that depending, basically whoever falls, Right. Whoever's right. the last guy I can get. So if, you know, Mingo and Jaden Reed start climbing up the boards and it pushes one of these other guys down. Uh, sure. I'll take a shot on one of those guys if they last into the third round. But like there's nobody that is jumping out at me. That's like, yeah, this guy like Zay Flowers, I think, is maybe one of the most talented guys. Um, but I'm not willing to separate him necessarily. He's pretty small. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, we've seen Devontae Smith do it, but like, okay, that's one example. Like, right. you know, like I just, that's not enough track record for me. Like, I'm just going to play the odds with it. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I'm really going to, I'm, I'm going to dig into the RSB from Matt Waldman and I'm going to lean on Travis May and I'm going to lean on, uh, you know, Zach Reed and all these guys and, and figure that out. And we'll take some shots later. But honestly, I would I would bet if if I knew my statistics on how many of each position I've drafted in each one of my 40 plus rookie drafts over the last few years, I would guarantee you this will be the lowest wide receiver year ever. Interesting. Even though it's one of the deepest, you see like there are just people that are going to be reaching for them before you're willing to do that and you're willing to take the values as they come. I don't blame you. I mean, again, I'm not disagreeing with you there. 
Uh, I think that's also, again, to kind of bring it back, that's why tiering these kind of guys is really important too, because you can say, hey, they're all on the same tier. And if you're sitting there at 301 and Kayshawn Boutte is still there, you're like, well, he's still part of that tier. I don't know. I'll take a flyer on him, right? Hmm. I mean, it's kind of where it can become helpful. I, I have a similar ranking, I think, to where you have, Travis. So there's a clear break between Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison. I think that that's, I mean, I don't think anybody has anybody else at number one right now. I don't think this is the you know, Nikhil Harry or DK Metcalf kind of conversation. I don't know of anybody that has anybody but JSN at number one. So I think that's a clear tier. And like you said, Scott, that's the safest bet. I don't think you're going to be upset when you make that pick. Uh, the next tier is, for me, is similar to what you said too, Travis. It's the Addison, Johnston, Flowers, Downs. All of those guys are kind of in that same tier, easily can move up uh, and around in that message and in that mess kind of depending on landing spot. I do have a separate tier though with, with Hyatt, Mims, and uh, well, I, th- I think Hyatt, Mims, and, R- and Rice, and Tillman are kind of all in that tier. Boutte, I'm just not entirely wowed by. I'm, I'm kind of willing to put him in that tier, but I, there are some things that I've heard and some things that I've seen that just don't wow me about him. And, and not that I need to be wowed with my second round wide receiver, you know what I mean? Like my second round rookie pick, but I just want someone with upside and I'm not 100% sold on his upside. And then after that, I, there's a big group. So, but what do you think about, I guess, what do you think about Boutte there, there May? It seemed like you had an opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when he came in, uh, he produced really impressively early on. Uh, missed some time, uh, was on a ridiculous pace. What was it? Two years ago, um, was on pace for like you know to to account for over like forty percent of the offense. His yards per team pass attempt, yards per run, everything was looking great. He went down, uh, and and then he just never looked the same. But if we if we get back to that kind of player, uh, we're talking about a special kind of upside. Like he was for a long time considered a first round projection. Um, it wasn't until I don't know later this fall when he was still lagging and, and being outproduced by a true sophomore and Malik neighbors that were like, well, maybe he's not the same uh, player after that, you know, the two uh, ankle surgeries that he had um, because they tried to fix an issue and apparently it didn't take and they had to do it again. So I wonder how much that just truly affected him even um, a while after the surgery, you know, it's just like, because if you can get back to pre-injury Keishon Boutte, uh, there's way more upside than I think we're uh, we're giving him credit for. Yeah, and I think it, it, there's there's pros and cons about all these players in that range, right? I'm not trying to say that I'm not singling him out because I don't like him. It's just more of that's the range <laughs> yeah. that you get the negatives, right? I mean, it's just sort of what happens. It's yeah. why they're in that range. Um, but I just think that there are some there are some flaws in a lot of these guys' games, and that's why they're in this 12 to 10 or you know, 10 to 12. But mm-hmm. Boutte, for whatever reason, is is the one that I guess has the biggest Delta from where, it sh- where I thought it should have been, I guess, where maybe he's the one that's disappointed the most. Like he's the one that's not meeting my expectations the most. And maybe that's unfair to be honest. Maybe I had expectations that were out of line and, and this is just what he should have been. And, and that's a whole nother part of this too, is when you kind of, you know, put it in your brain and kind of, you know, shuffle things out and see where things fall. It's like, Oh, okay, well maybe I was wrong on him. That's fine. Um, but again, at the same time, I just think there's a ton of talent around him. There's a lot of these players. I mean, we're not even getting into the the Parkers and the, the Palmers and things like that. Like we're not even getting into those players that can kind of, you know, bubble up to the surface here yet. So, I mean, again, Mingo is another one of those guys that I really like too. So I wouldn't be shocked if I take him over Boutte in some drafts just because of, you know, I like to go for talent sometimes. Um, and again, too, I, I want to make sure we mention some of this is that you don't have to draft these receivers. Scott kind of hit on it, right? I mean, there are definitely <laughs> is some, some value in passing on the receivers and taking running backs that might have more, you know, year one appeal or you know, more of a, of a contender flow to them. Um, maybe that's worth talking about for a second year too. I mean, as, as much as we like these receivers, 
don't reach and get crazy on someone you're not sold on. Right. I mean, if there is a running back there that you like more, don't be afraid to do that. Something I know we talk about on this pod all the time. I know it comes up on trade addicts is draft for ta- uh, draft for talent, trade for need. You know, if your league doesn't trade much, then obviously that's a whole different context. But generally speaking, you shouldn't be drafting thinking, well, I need a starting receiver. So let me go get a receiver at pick 10. Like that's not usually the best method here. Um, and, and I think that's, I, this is maybe the perfect kind of conversation for this group because after the first three or four, even downs, if you want to count that at five, I feel like it gets a little bit murky and you might have more value in a Devin Shane or something like in that, you know, early second round than you would over having Jalen Hyatt. He's got a ton of high ceiling and everybody's explosive and all this speed and all this, but he might not fit the offense he's going to, or might not get utilized or hell. I don't want to say it, but like could get injured or something. I mean, some of those fast guys pull a hammy in, in spring training and it's, you know, we're looking at Traylon Burks all over again, right? I mean, it, there, there are and, some different things that can struggle there. Yeah, and, and you mentioned him, I mean, and Hyatt specifically. He doesn't seem super interested in adding weight. Uh, that There's been a lot of buzz about him perhaps not even really trying to get stronger or bigger, and that might be another issue at hand too. So there's there's just – yeah, you're right though. There's just a lot of players in, um, you know, the wide receiver, even like, I don't know, six or seven plus range that uh, we just have way more questions on. Although I, I, I do think that, that's why I have like Marvin Mims at six actually ahead of Hyatt, because I just don't really have questions with him. So, yeah. yeah I, Mims I is an interesting one. Yeah. Mims is an interesting one. I think the landing spot for him and Dell and other things like that. I've seen some, uh, some mock drafts that have the Bengals taken over some of those players. And I'm just like, man, that would be nuts to see Mims on the Bengals or Dell on the Bengals. Like that would just be crazy. Cause like I, their, their fantasy value would be very low. I think. Right. Like they're going to a high powered offense, but they may not get a lot of, you know, a lot of opportunity and, and receiver. That is kind of key. You need to be on the field to score points. So <laughs> I don't know. It makes me kind of nervous. Uh, I guess, Scott, I'll pass it to you for a minute here. What else do you want to talk about with this class? I'll be right back. Yep. Well, I can't, Travis, I want to pick your brand. I mean, you know, this for me, wide receiver is the position that I know best because I played it. So I understand it from that aspect. And yet I don't feel great about this class. So it's a little bit weird for me. Normally I have like a few guys that I'm like, yep, I will die on this hill because I I get it. And I'm going with this guy. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't necessarily have any of those guys. I just feel like there's so many like best ball options. I'm in a handful of best ball dynasty leagues and I'm like, yeah, Hey, let me get a couple downs and a couple Hyatt's and a couple flowers and a couple Mims, you know, like I'll, I'll probably just diversify a little bit. Um, but I guess I, I want you to, to tell me like, are there a few guys in each tier? Are there, you know, is there, are there two guys? Are there five guys? I mean, are there different guys depending on the different, leagues you're in um or is it just straight up talent like hey here here's my two guys or my three guys in this class and you know just from your standpoint of uh your experience of knowing this position and breaking these guys down for so many years yeah and both sides sorry both sides so like anybody you like and then anybody you don't like you have a couple on each side really want to get to to both things here so we can hit both sides for sure and I think we were really excited about this class for a long time and it didn't necessarily live up to all the expectations that we had. Uh, And I was a little concerned about this class, especially when the year kicked off and JSN was hurt and uh, Quentin Johnston was getting blanketed and wasn't hundred percent himself. Jordan Addison all of a sudden got hurt. 
Josh Downs was hurt. Like, oh my gosh, all these, like the entire top tier of the class that we want to be these studs are, they're missing a few games here and there, or they're dinged up or whatever. And, uh, and, and it, it showed like week four, week five into the season. I'm like, there's not a single top tier prospect in this class that's producing at the level we would typically see in their final season. And that really kind of messed up the, the final look at uh, all of their production profiles. Uh, like overall, like they were, for the most part, uh, they were not what we thought they could have been. Uh, and um, yeah, we just didn't see that crazy peak like we typically do from our wide receiver ones sure. in those classes. So that just, yeah, not perfect production profiles. And even like their earlier breakouts weren't, they didn't hit the the 30% threshold that we like to see uh, for, for dominator and receiving yard market share. And uh, or they didn't, they didn't hit three plus yards per team pass attempt, a bunch of ner- other nerdier metrics yeah. uh, that I, I tend to care about. And so, yeah, there's just, <laughs> there's most, most players have some questions, but at the same time, I think we're, we've gotten to a point where we're over critiquing because man, there's just not a Jamar chase or Justin Jefferson in this sure. class. So we've got to freak out and, you know, not like any of them. I, I just, I like, I like a lot of them more than I think most do. And I, I, JSN's on that list. Jordan Addison breaking out as a true freshman when he wasn't even like, we didn't even, we, we didn't even know if he was going to be a wide receiver or a defensive back coming in as a true freshman. <laughs> Like it wasn't until uh, the summer before where they were very clear. Okay, we just need some playmakers. Addison's gonna be a wide receiver, and he smashes from day one. Like in his yeah. very first game, I think he had like seven catches or something like that for Pitt. Ends up winning the Blatnikov in year two, and so I really love what he brings to the table. I don't really necessarily care that he's, you know, sub one eighty and okay only ran a four four nine like come on guys yeah like that's actually, yeah, that's actually above that's average ridiculous. for the nfl wide receivers by the way <laughs> right. like he he's he's skinny okay that's fine so is this entire class you know so i i definitely like addison quite a bit and jason quite a bit and flowers i've been a fan of him for a long time yeah and uh he he didn't necessarily have the crazy peaks that you like to see analytically uh but he's good enough in just about every category and he can play yeah, all over all the field around. And he doesn't have drop issues. He can score touchdowns. He led the ACC in touchdowns two out of the last three years, uh, even given a smaller stature. So um, he's really one I I definitely like. So those are the three that I've really gravitated towards being the most confident in. And, uh, you know, Josh Downs, um, he's even smaller, but uh, still wins a ridiculous uh, amount of his contested situations. And he might actually have the the crispest, uh, cleanest, production profile just from a deep nerdy perspective <laughs> okay and then okay. Um, marvin mims as well like i just don't have many questions about him he showed up at oklahoma was fantastic as a true freshman uh the, the, you know was in this back and forth mess of quarterback as a sophomore lost his quarterback as a junior and still had his best season uh, so there's like five guys and i feel pretty confident in in this class quentin johnston i love the upside I don't like the inconsistency and I don't like that he plays like he's six inches shorter. Uh, yeah. He does not have a good contested catch rate for a guy with like a 40 inch vert. <laughs> I, I get that he can take a, you know, a short slant and take it to the house, but um, I'm not sure he would take it to the house uh, against uh, pro defenses. So I want to rank him higher, uh, but I can't. So and, yeah. and Hyatt plays in a veer and shoot offense that hasn't had much success in translating, you know, wide receivers from college to the pros so they're just a bunch of questions after that tier but those five especially that i mentioned 
um, I feel more comfortable projecting success for. So in a, if you're at the back end of the first round, um, and I know draft capital is going to play in, we're a little bit early right now on this, but essentially I've been pivoting off of one own. I've been able to kind of hold on to one Oh nine. Cause I feel like there's always a guy that maybe jumps up because of the draft, whatever. I feel good about like the top eight, including quarterbacks and running backs. Um, so I'm kind of on the fence at nine. Maybe it's one of those. Maybe I move it on the clock. Maybe I make the pick, but like 10, 11, 12, uh, I feel is where we're going to see a lot of the guys you mentioned, like JSN's probably going to go earlier. Addison's probably going to go earlier. Um, I would include those guys in my top eight. Uh, but that next grouping of guys there feels to me like late first, early second round is, is that feel like a comfortable spot for you from a dynasty perspective? Cause I said like, okay, we believe in the talent and we'll see the draft capital. So I know we, we don't have the full picture yet, but based on the talent is that, does that feel like a comfortable spot for you? Or even though you like them, maybe you think you'd be willing to take them higher, lower, where, where do you feel about that? Honestly, I'll probably find myself taking more of the running backs um, in okay. that range this year. And I, okay. I, I tend to lean that direction in the first round of rookie drafts anyway, just because just I want the general to, um, philosophy. Yeah, just to get more of an instant impact and, and scoring okay. asset that uh, can have a, you know, immediate movability in trades and uh, immediate impact uh, production wise for my team as well. Because wide receivers don't necessarily, I mean, we, we've, got a, we've gotten a little spoiled. In recent yeah. years where we see guys, hey, by the way, I'm a rookie and I'm awesome. Um, it happened like really frequently in the last few classes. This probably is the year that it drops back down to earth and we don't see that Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson or, you know, sure. it's just immediate game changing fantasy asset. So, sure, so. Uh, especially the kind of player that will be available in that range. So I'll probably pivot and go running back. And then if I have an early second, lean into that that next tier of wide receivers pretty confidently. So I think that's, that's perfect. It kind of goes back to earlier when I was saying that I think I'm probably more of like on an avoid as far as these guys, because yeah. I, I, I agree with the, the standpoint of they listen, somebody's going to probably hit right away. One of these guys is, but you know, which one, I don't know. We don't know that maybe landing spot will help us determine that a little bit. If, if we see opportunity, um, you know, but typically we're not going to know which guy it's going to be. So I'd rather maybe just wait it out and maybe I can buy them at a discount, um, you know, later in the season or maybe next next year. Um, and I'm, I'm willing to definitely I'm willing to do that with this class. Like there's nobody I'm planting a flag on that. I'm like, I have to leave my rookie draft with this guy. You know, like like I said, best ball drafts and probably even other drafts. I'll, I'll have a few shares of each guy. But that's where I get to cheat a little bit when I have 40 plus rookie drafts. You know, but that's not, you know, when when you talk to, you know, some of our listeners that have four drafts, you know, it's it's hard to give them the advice that like, yeah, you should <laughs> yeah. take this guy, just you know, <laughs> play the exposure game, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Just take one of each, you know, it's fine, but you'll leave out six of them. So, you know, that's not really going to work. Um, no. Yeah. So I, I think I think I agree right now with with where we're at in this moment that I'll probably be leaning running backs to for this class. Um, but that also kind of goes toward general philosophy too. Um, okay. Wide receivers on the other end, then is there anybody that's, you know, anybody that's higher than you think they should be, 
or I, I don't want to word it as like, oh, you know, you hate this guy, <laughs> right? Because yeah. that's not where we're going. But like maybe maybe you just think they're mm-hmm. they're a little bit too high in mainstream. Yeah. I think I've kind of hinted at it a little bit with the Quentin Johnson thing. Yeah, um, okay. I just don't know. He really needs to clean up the body catching. And um, yeah, he's got like a few seasons where um, in the games in which he played, he was analytically just good enough. But He's, he's, he's an imperfect prospect for sure. And so uh, for a lot of people to put him in the wide receiver one overall conversation, he's just never really, never really done that for me. And so I think uh, if he's in that conversation, it's probably a little steep. And then the, there, there there's real gripes uh, to be had with J- Jalen Hyatt and the fact that he is very slight. He's never really played press against press coverage. And I, and you know, that can, that can be a legit knock or it can be a, a non-legit knock, but when I say almost never, like I mean almost never, like at all. And the scheme and the role that he was utilized in, just like he's it, it does not work. He's going to be playing a different position than what he was playing in college, right? Um, and I wouldn't say that 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 critique holds for his quarterback as as much. And Hinton uh, Hooker, there's a lot more to process. But within Jalen Hyatt's uh, specific role in an offense, they're just that role does not exist in the pros. Um, right, it, it can't. And so, um, and I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of that, but like, he's just, he was shifted into, into stacks to basically give him free releases. And, um, you know, he's running option routes and two way goes. It's just, it's, it's not the same. And so um, there, there are more questions to be had with Hyatt that I think a lot of people are not necessarily addressing, even among the top tier draft picks. They're like, I just, I don't care. I love the traits, but like, I, we have to care about more than traits in 2023. <laughs> um so those those two probably we we should have more questions on Quentin Johnston and Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, and, and real quick, I'll I'll tag back in. Thank you so much, Scott, for asking some terrific questions. I was listening in for a lot of that. Um, but I Quentin Johnston is one of those guys too. I think you said it perfectly. He plays like he's six inch shorter. You're exactly right. Like as big as he is, I don't get that impression. It's really odd. Like mm-hmm. for someone that is has those numbers, those those metrics, you know, those measurables. Yeah, and then to watch him on the field, I don't, I don't feel like he's impressing anybody. Like I don't feel like he's dominating the field. It's really odd, but again, like you, you said it perfectly before too. Like this is a smaller class, a lot lighter, a lot leaner, and Quentin Johnson's mm-hmm. kind of the only real beefy dude in this top twelve that I feel like <laughs> kind of stands out in that you know metrics kind of world. But I mean, sometimes that's all you need is just to be a bigger guy that can catch the ball and an offensive feed you and funnel you the ball. Like it depends on the offense, right? So Cedric Tillman. Yeah, well, yeah, that's another perfect example. Yeah, he's a little bigger. And so, again, it's just there's, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of variety in this class. And that's what makes me kind of excited about it is that there's no wrong way to do it. And we're going to learn a lot from the NFL draft, um, which is going to be exciting as always. Scott, was there anything else you wanted to so cover before we move I, I just wanted to follow up with what we were talking about with Hyatt because, yes, you know, right. Tillman's on the same team, right? Same so, offense. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Same offense there. So obviously different style receiver. But do you have the same concerns about him because of the offense? What's or wild they, is the, they people aren't asking that, that same question. Right. About yeah. Tillman. Like they, they see because his role in that offense is is different. He's a different right. archetype and he's required to do different things. Uh, it is a little bit more complex and high, but it's still not the same kind of offense of same. any kind that he will be running. I like Tillman's ball skills, but he did take till gear like four and a half to break out. <laughs> right. um, and when he did, it was fantastic against top tier competition. Uh, but it was like in contested situations and big body contested catch guys 
You were great in the yeah. early 2010s and early 2000s. That's not where the NFL is now. That's Bryant. Um, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Th- there are way more questions with Tillman as well. And, and, and people are like, well, wh- why is Hyatt so high? So Tillman should be higher. But like, same offense, bro. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. It, it, let's, let's just address yeah. the elephant in the room there. Yeah. No, I agree. And again, is there anything else, I guess, on this list that you wanted to go over? I know we've, I think we've done a pretty good job of this. I know you guys covered it a little bit better than I even could have, but I guess, Travis, was there anything else you wanted to, to do to, or to say, I guess, before we wrap this up and move on? Uh, guys I'm like rooting for, like you guys have any guys like wide receivers that even, even are on this list. So you're just like, man, I really hope this guy just take, like, he would just be so much fun if he was successful. Like, Charlie tank, Jones. Charlie. Jo- oh my gosh. And I want to do boiler up. Tank man. Dell is my, yeah. 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 See, I, I, I King love Jarrett. That. Yeah. After yeah. Rondell Moore and David uh, uh, Bell doing what they've done, it would be David hilarious Bell. if all of a sudden Charlie Jones <laughs> is the guy that hits, you know, yeah. like the, the one boilermaker that actually does anything. That would be hilarious. Yeah. But that would be a um, great story. That would be fun. And, and But Tank Dell is for a guy that's like two, 2.7 pounds soaking wet. Um, he's one of the best touchdown scores in the entire country. Like it's, it's wild. All of his um, the metric as a red zone threat, uh, his, his uh, contested catches, his red zone, like touchdowns, like uh, overall total touchdowns. It's just nuts. It's, it's a lower level competition, but it would be super fun. So I'm glad you had him listed. Um, he's actually higher uh, than this slightly on Mojo even. Like I think he's wide receiver okay. like nine ish or eight, eight or nine ish in that range. Cause he's been hyped up since the senior bowl. So Despite yeah, his yeah his mm-hmm. lean stature, there's there's been a lot of people putting real money uh where their mouth is when it comes to take down. So he would be fun. One one guy that like I don't see anybody talking. I, I hate when people go, nobody's talking about player X. Somebody is, but I just don't see a lot of it. <laughs> um is uh Rakeem Jarrett uh Rakeem Jarrett, yeah, uh, out of Maryland. Early declare, like he was a, a hype machine in, in Debbie circles for a while. And uh, he, he really comped to like Debo Samuel uh, when he was coming in. And um, he, he is probably a slot at the next level. There's like 17 of those in this class. But uh, he's just got that. Maybe it's because it, like when it's cold, he, he'll wear a hoodie under his pads and he's got that swag. But I, I, that's yeah. Hashtag <laughs> analytics, yeah. you know. There it but, is. That's uh, right. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> seriously, yeah. Uh, but it's just – his style of play is just so much fun. Like he, he does play with a, a hilarious attitude. One of my favorite plays, yeah. I don't know who they're playing, but he was, um, he started at, like in right slot and, and uh, they, uh, you know, Talia took up a motions him across the formation. He looks back, sees the, the defensive back following him across the formation. And he literally like motions to the defensive back. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on. Follow me across. He literally is like, Hey, come get some like to the defensive back. You know, he doesn't even get in a stance because he's, you know, off the line of scrimmage, runs a perfect corner route, makes a diving catch because Talia Tungavelo is horrible. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he just gets up and he's like, like, just nodding, like, I told you, 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 you've got to come get some. And it's like, he's got the hoodie under the pads and it's popping up and down. I'm like, yes, like, that's, we need that wide receiver in the NFL. And, yeah. uh, so, yeah, hashtag awesome. analytics for sure. I love it. No, and that's why when you mentioned before, is there anyone you want to see win? I mentioned Rakeem Jarrett briefly there because he just feels like a backyard baller. You know, he feels like someone yes. you would see, oh my gosh. you know, playing on a, in a field somewhere and you just can't take your eyes off him. I mean, no. I don't know how much that translates <laughs> to the NFL. I don't know if NFL teams are looking for a guy like that, all that. But I, but, I would love to see him yeah. succeed because he's just fun And to he's watch. a five-star I'm, recruit yeah. too. It's not like he's yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. He's on, he was on my first C2C team ever. 
Oh, yeah, there you the go. highest well, rated wide receiver out of Maryland, by the way, since Stefan Diggs. So, yes. well, know. I was even going to say, like, it's yes. because he's on Maryland. I think he's not getting a lot of that attention, really. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. go so far as to say that DJ this Moore, second Maryland too. Is hey. great. Well, I, I, yeah. I know. I'm just saying, like, yeah, he doesn't get the same kind of love. Just, just to connect some meaningless dots that don't actually mean anything, you know, don't you know, mean anything. Yeah, it's perfect. Hashtag analytics. That's what we're doing here. This is helmets, man. Helmets. Maryland jersey. That is an ugly helmet, by the way. Oh my gosh, that is oh, a weird yeah. one. Yes, we quite a train wreck. <laughs> we can do a whole podcast on that. But I think with that, we'll move on from our receiver receiver talk. I do appreciate yeah. your insights, of course, Travis. That was terrific. Uh, before we get to our find me a trade, I want to do a couple of listener league updates, just because I feel like that's the, well, one of the reasons we have these is to talk about them. Uh, not a lot of moves in DJ one this week. I, it's kind of you know gone a little stale and quiet, which is fine. A lot of us are in that league that are in other leagues, and it's okay to go quiet on some. Uh, DJ two is the one I was kind of referencing before where I made a trade. Uh, I sent Lamar Jackson for the one one the two one Darnell Moody and Tyler Algier. I posted this in a bunch of different places and just kind of got some thoughts on it. I got some people that were saying, you know, Oh, it's definitely the Lamar side. You know, that's, that's cheap to pay. I got others saying, well, that's not a bad price for Bijan and, and you know, one one two one Darnell and Tyler Algier. I feel like that's a pretty fair price. Uh, Scott, I wanted your opinion on, it. I really didn't hear much from you in the chats, but I guess, is that is that a fair price for Lamar, or do you think that's a steal to get him for that price? I mean, I thought you traded for Lamar, so no. I nope. wasn't paying attention clearly. <laughs> Those MFL emails are tricky, man. Yeah, I know they really are. They really are. Um, but yeah, I mean, I act, I liked I liked both sides on that one, so it 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 turns out okay um, that I wasn't roasting you. Um, but no, actually, I, I mean, I definitely think that's a fair return. What it's going to come down to then is what you do with that one one Like, will you do the right thing or, you know, <laughs> will you draft Bijan? So, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what well, you do there. And but. again, not that it matters terribly, but I think I also have the one Oh four in that league. Right. So my thought is with the one Oh four, yeah, I can true, replace true. Lamar. So like my true. thinking is I, I'm not going to get a running back with the one Oh four. I don't mind going and I don't really have a receiver or running back at all much right now. So it's like, I, I, I think I have Pollard or Eckler, one of those two in that league. It's like, I, I kind of feel like maybe that'd be a good way to refresh the running back while also getting a receiver and, you know, sorry, getting a quarterback. So context is always key. Yeah. That's a good return that's for him considering everything we, right now. We get to the one on someone sends me a haul for it. I don't think that's happening for Lamar Jackson. Even if he signs, even if he trades, I feel like his value is kind of where it's going to be. Whereas that one on one is still going to rise as we find landing spots, unless Bijan gets drafted by the Patriots. And then we're all screwed at this point. I'm just going to draft a quarterback again. Um, but Travis, what do you think about that? Would you rather have the one on one, two on one Mooney and Algier or Lamar? Which side of that dynasty trade are you on? <laughs> Man, it's it's oh. tough because Lamar is Lamar. <laughs> he's like a former MVP, <laughs> and he's so much fun, and he's probably going to be good for several more years. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can get, especially knowing that you had the 1.04, that gives you a quarterback that is going to be a starter this year and Bijan. So that's, that's pretty fantastic, knowing that that's coming. And you get the 2.01, so you either get like a second-tier running back or you get one of those, like the, one of the better landing spots for tier two wide receivers yeah. at 2.01. And you get, um, you know, Darnell Mooney. Uh, and so he's he's done enough to, you know, be a boom bust, boom bust kind of flex play, I guess, for you. And then if Algier doesn't get drafted over, you have another flex play. So 
yeah, that, that's a lot going. I mean, I, I don't necessarily like the player pieces as much there because I am worried that Algier gets drafted over. But the 1.01 is tough to trade for. Like, I feel like you have to sell the entire farm to get uh, right. you know, yeah. the 1.01. So if you can do that uh, for just one player, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, this is a 14-team league, and this is actually the one that I was co-teaming or co-managing with uh, Bobby Koch. Shout out to Bobby. And I checked with him before I made the trade, and he hated it. And I was like, perfect, I'm doing it. Uh, that was kind of, because again, that was the reason that we were paired up, is so that we wouldn't make yeah. those kind of trades. But he's no longer managing, so I can do what I want. But I did check with him, because I thought it'd be funny. And even yeah. in the uh, in the group me chat, he was like, I can't believe you made that trade. I'm like, I love pissing you off, Bobby. This is terrific. Um, I, just as a for a sidebar, in a sense, I like the 201. I agree with you. I think there's a lot of value there, because one of those first round guys is going to fall. But I traded the 201 immediately after getting it. And I was curious of your thoughts on this one. So I traded the 201, the 304, and the 411 for Dalvin Cook and Gardner Minshew. Now, the thought process there was the guy was offering Dalvin Cook pretty much. And I was like, well, I think Dalvin still might have a home. And like the 201, I just got it. Like, what do I care? And like the third and fourth, I don't really care about. And I got a Gardner as like a backup flyer. He might start the season depending on who they get. So my thought was like, is Dalvin going to play for Minnesota? I mean, is that a bad trade, I guess, just looking at it 201 for Dalvin Cook? Which would you have there? I'd much rather have the producing running back uh, and well, kind of more known we hope quantity. He yeah. And he, yeah. I do think he's going to. Like, we still, I mean, it's, it's, and it's not going to be long term, I guess. I mean, when you, when we look at the number of, um, you know, I guess, or I guess the percentage of overall total yards that have just come from the 2017 class <laughs> uh, since they've come into the league, it's, it's wild. That is, that includes Dalvin Cook. That includes, you know, McCaffrey and, and, and Mixon and Fournette. Like, there's a billion of these guys uh, that, that came in, like, at the same time, uh, or in between, like, 17 and 18. There's, like, almost 30 running backs that are still in the league from 2017 and 2018, those, those two classes. Uh, and they're still producing. Like, they were some of the, mm -hmm. like, the oldest guys um, in, in the league, I guess, old, like 26, 27-year-olds now. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. they're, they're still producing, and I think they still can for at least a couple more years. So, I like going for Dalvin there. And I think with the way my team is pivoting with this offseason and kind of going for Bijan a little bit more, like I feel like I should pivot toward a contender and not be as much in the future. And I'm like, well, Dalvin's maybe going to help me win more than 201 will. So, I mean, again, no no fault to any of the listeners if you're listening to this. I'm not trying to, to roast you or anything like that. I think both of these trades are pretty fair. I don't think either one of them was a fleecing. Um, but again, it just it, it's one of those things about I like listener leagues like this where we can get the people involved because it kind of – puts our money where our mouth is, right? We say things on this podcast and our listeners get to hold our feet to the fire and be like, well, you said, and I'm like, oh, damn, you're right. Um, so I kind of like that. Uh, so again, a couple of trades in DJ2, which is always fun. More than that even too, but we won't get into those. And then uh, DJ3, we just started. Uh, the startup was a couple of weeks ago. I think we started that. And that's been entertaining. And I want to make sure we talk about that. We didn't really talk about it much last week, but this is the one that all three of us are hosting, kind of are managing together. And the logic is we're not going to necessarily be forced to talk to each other about decisions. It's kind of first come, first serve. So if there's a trade that shows up in the inbox and I like it, I'm taking it. And if there's a trade that shows up and Scott hates it, he can reject it. Uh, first come, first serve, right? So it's going to be kind of chaos. And so far with the draft, I feel like that's been the case. Uh, Rocky made a trade that both Scott and I were like, what? What are we? Why are we trading? Like, what's happening here? And uh, they were like, who are you planning on taking? And Rocky's like, oh, I didn't have anyone in mind. I was just going for the value. Like, oh, come on. Like, but that's what I love about this. It's chaos. Um, but no with strategy. that, no strategy. no strategy. But with that, we are on the clock, Scott. And I don't think Rocky's going to make this pick. I think it's up to us. 
I am tempted to go with Taysom Hill at tight end. No. And we're, we're late. This is the uh, no. 20th round. Who do you want then instead? <laughs> no. So to talk Anyone about. else? Ronald Jones? Know. No. What? Robert no. Woods. Actually, These if are you take Ronald picks. Jones just to piss off oh, Rocky, yeah. I know. I really thought funny. about it just to upset because I know Rocky yeah, does not I know want that, Ronald that Jones. That would actually be worth uh, it. Chase Edmonds was another pick. Paris no. Campbell. Like th- This is no. where we are in the draft. We're at a bleak, bleak spot. It's Travis. Anyone of those like... I could you find like Paris Campbell. I mean, I guess so. In in round twenty, I know, right? It's hard to <laughs> it's hard to really like anyone in round twenty. Yeah, um, pick fourteen thousand. Well, anybody's looking good. So, and it's a fourteen teamer, so it's even oh, like more shredded and and down Yikes. to those studs down there. Yeah, we got Darius Slayton, mm-hmm. Logan Thomas, Ooh, studs. Uh, Boston studs. Scott, Lavisca Chenault, like studs. Yeah, Ernest <laughs> Johnson. Right. Yeah, yeah. Edward, I'll, I'll oh let you gosh, make that that's... pick, Scott. I'll let you make <laughs> that right. pick. But I'll look, uh, we I'll have look. some. Well, obviously, I have some of the listeners in our in our chat. I, I love this recovered Ridley Truth. Or now that Ridley's back, he likes that strategy. <laughs> Three men in a baby style. That's exactly what it feels like. A puff, puff, or a puff, pass, kick. Chaos is definitely the theme. Yeah, we we are living on the edge, and it's kind of exciting. And this is just the startup, so we're in for a fun year, I'm sure, because all three of us have different styles and different thoughts on players. So. Yeah, I, I like to say that in the chat too. Like, if you have a trade, send it. One of us might take it. You never know. Like, we're we're not necessarily running it by each other. So, kind of a chaotic <laughs> realm there. I anyway, just um, burn that money, that buy-in money. But yeah, okay. Anyway. It's it's just for heat, Scott. We're just doing it for heat. It's totally fine. <laughs> uh, it's for fun. It's all good. Uh, next up, though, last segment of the night. We, obviously, we, we got to get into our favorite segment here, and, and we got to bring back our buddy, uh, Mister Har, as always. Find me a trade. Find. Find me a trade. That's right. Here we go. All right. So this week's trade is submitted by Frank Roth, the uh, frequent flyer for us. He's uh, submitted yeah. another league in the past. Uh, he is at 8EEKid on Twitter. And this is a it's a sleeper league, which I know Rocky hates. And that's why I tried to save it for this show, I guess. We'll see what happens. I just don't want to get Rocky too upset. We don't need that. Um, but it is the uh, it's a 12-team super flex, half PPR, 0.1 point per carry with some yardage bonuses and it's a start 10 with a defense. So it's really start nine. If you're thinking about it, uh, he's got draft picks, one Oh two, one Oh nine, two Oh two, three Oh two, three ten, and five Oh two, which means they go real deep. And here are some of Frank's thoughts. He kind of updated this a little bit and I'll, I'll kind of get into some of this when we talk about the roster and more too, but um, not as bad a draft position with one Oh two, but still thinks or sorry, but still bad. Thanks to injuries and poor play uh, have some quality pieces and intriguing pieces. QB became a black hole this year, currently looking to fill one ownership spot. So there's only like 11 teams right now to trade, 10, I guess, to trade with. Um, He did make a trade this past weekend where he sent Brees Hall for a Hall, if I'm being honest, for uh, Mm. Tony Pollard, the 109, Terrence Marshall Jr., Terrence Marshall Jr., Jelani Woods, and KJ Osborne. Now, I say a Hall just in sheer number of assets. I don't know if that's... A terrific mm-hmm. trade, I guess. He feels good about that one, given the state of the roster. We'll let Scott get into his opinions on that in a minute. But before we do that, I'll read through his roster. I'm not going to pull the whole thing up because my computer I, is not happy with up. me. Perfect. If you want to look, my computer is not happy with me. I'm not even going to risk it. Um, but I'll kind of start reading through them. We can kind of pull it up here when we get to it. Let me turn that off real quick. Uh, so we've got Derek Carr, Davis Mills, Jimmy Garoppolo, Zach Wilson, Desmond Ritter at QB. I feel like that's just a bunch of QB twos, which is kind of yeah, that's one way to play it. Uh, rece- or sorry, running back. We've got Khalil Herbert, Jeff Wilson, Melvin Gordon, Daria Gumbawale, Chase Edmonds, Tony Pollard, uh, Dearness Johnson, I believe, right on Jacksonville, and Damian Pierce. Uh, Kevin 
Kevin Harris. Sorry, Snoop Connor. I thought we were done. So yeah, a couple receiver, a couple running backs there that are okay, not terrific, you know, what have you. Uh, receiver, we've got some other fun names here. Alec Pierce, Chris Moore, DK Metcalf, Michael Pittman, uh, Amari Rogers, KJ Osborne, obviously Terrace Marshall, Nico Collins, uh, Romeo Dubs, Chris Olave, John Mechie, Ben Skarnick, like, you know, some pretty good names up and down on the receiver group. And then for tight end, he's got Hayden Hurst, Greg Dolchitz, Jelani Woods, who he just acquired defense, Buccaneers and Broncos. And again, in a dynasty league with defense, it's always kind of a tricky one. We really have a lot of input there, but I guess, Scott, since I mentioned it already, I mean, what are your thoughts on that Brees Hall trade? And then where would you go with the trade for this, uh, for Frank to help him out? Yeah. Okay. Frank. Um, so, I mean, I, I wish you kept Brees Hall because I mean, you know, if it was my team, I would want to use him towards uh, acquiring one of the elite quarterbacks. He's just, you know, yeah, he's coming off the injury, but he's still a name that people really like. Um, and with the current state of the the running backs, um, you know, he's still he's still a top what five dynasty running back right now. Um, you know, when Rodgers goes there and, and everything's kind of in place, and as he gets healthy. You know, we start seeing him videos of him running around and all that. I mean, his value is just going to be right back to the top there. So, um, you know, moving him to find a way to acquire elite quarterback is is really what I would have liked to do. Um, I don't know this return. I mean, Osborne, Marshall and Woods. I don't know you'd ever start any of those three, like maybe ever. Um, Pollard. Also coming off the injury, obviously much older than Hall. Um, I maybe he gives you a year or two. I don't know. And then and then the pick I believe is a one hundred and nine. So it's just kind of at that pivot point of like, yeah, I, I think I'm holding one hundred and nines right now, and and you can you can find a good piece, but is it enough to really upgrade your starting lineup? Um, you know, I'm not sure that it's really a difference maker. Um, so I would have rather you, you use Brees in that way, but it's done. It's over. So the next thing you do is you make another trade and, and we try to, you know, let's go rectify some things. So that's the way to do it. So basically what I'm looking at here is you have Carr and Jimmy G who are essentially redundant. Uh, they're both QB twos you know, at best, basically they're, they're not, they don't really have the upside of, of giving you QB one season. So I'd like to package one of those guys. I'd prefer to trade car if I can, because I think he has a little more value right now. And I think they'll both give you kind of the same production this season. Um, so having that one Oh two, you can obviously use that to take a quarterback. Um, but if I can package car in the one Oh two to the team, um, T young for, Go after Lamar Jackson, right? We talked about it a lot tonight. Uh, he's a guy that you might be able to get right now. Um, if I can package those two and get Lamar, and I, I would imagine that there'd be a counter there if he was interested, you might have to add a piece. Fine. Add in any of those pieces you just got in that package of that trade or you know, whatever you need to throw into essentially um, to get that deal done. But adding an elite player like that is really going to change your lineup and, and give you a positional advantage, at least at that one spot. Um, so that's the direction that I would go. Um, if you're not able to package the 102 and car or Jimmy G, if somebody prefers Jimmy G, um, you know, then, then maybe try to move back to 103 or 104. 
see if you can pick up another piece, uh, you know, another pick, another starter, anything else you can do. And then you'd still take a quarterback uh, with that pick. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. And that's very similar to my trade, which I'll just kind of put in right now and we can piggyback on the conversation. Mine was the 102, the 202 in car to Benny Boy 44 for Joe Burrow. Same logic, right? Like yep. using this 102 as a potential another quarterback to with Derek Carr, who is a fine QB2, but not a great QB1. And then adding the 202, I feel like if you can get either Lamar or Burrow, I think you're probably in a better spot. And and with the starting nine kind of hitting on that again, I want the best assets I can in those nine spots. I mean, you only have nine starters. You don't need a ton of depth, in my opinion, in a league like that. I mean, again, not counting right. the, the defense. I would like to have more, you know, heavy hitters in that lineup as opposed to, you know, starting 12 where you need to have depth and have some actual, you know, bottom end points too. But I guess just because they're so similar, I'll, I'll kick it to you, Travis. What do you think about those trades? Is that something you think you would do? Is it something you would accept as the borough or Lamar manager? What do you think? Yeah, that's that's uh, when I was initially looking at the rosters. I was without even putting uh, looking at your two trades initially. I was like, man, I think I'd do something with the quarterbacks there. Yeah, and so I, I and I was like, I don't want to do the same thing that they're doing. So I checked. And I was like, oh, okay, they had the same kind of idea. Um, but then I thought, you know, instead of messing with the quarterbacks now because their values are a little bit depressed at this time of year because we haven't seen them in their new situation. And, and um, really like when quarterbacks are currently producing people are like, man, I need that. I need production right now, you know, in season. And so I think, uh, you know, you might be able to sell a Jimmy G when the Raiders don't actually take a quarterback. Uh, Cause I'm actually, I, odds are shifting and, and it's not looking like they're going to. Um, so when they don't take a quarterback and, Derek Carr is obviously the starter this year. Um, and it's like, oh, wow, I actually have two starters uh, that I can trust. And he has the 1.02, so he can take a young quarterback and then comfortably get rid of either one, whoever is doing best at the time, I guess. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, great point. starts rolling. Uh, so right now, I would use that trade with all those other pieces to kind of cascade some value gain. Um, we could say whatever we want about the value in, in, in that trade that he got, but Let's look at Tony Pollard for a second because right now, pre-rookie draft, Tony Pollard is like running back 11 or 12 according to most mm -hmm. rankings and, and calculators and things like that. But the truth is he's on a franchise tag one-year deal and he's 26 coming off an injury and he's been a non-feature back type role well for his entire career. Dating back to Memphis, he was like you know the third guy at times there. Um, and then he, he kind of worked into the 1A this year for a second, but he's going to be 20, you know, 26 in like a, a couple weeks. And um, uh, I would rather go with somebody um, that I trust more, but there's a bunch of guys who are aging out. So what if I turn Tony Pollard for a mid first, which is what calculators are saying you can do, which is what a lot of people are taking because, Hey, Zeke's gone. And, and the perception is he's going to be the guy. And if there's any, any kind of guy that owns any of the picks in between, you know, five or six, maybe six to eight range. I would try to acquire uh, one pick in that range. And you're looking at, you know, maybe the running back two overall in this class uh, and resetting the clock uh, at, at your running back one or two production position uh, with Pollard. Um, or, you know, depending on how the draft falls, you, you get another quarterback. Or depending on how the draft falls, you get another stud wide receiver. He has a lot of good wide receivers, by the way. But yeah. his running backs are just not in position to win now anyway. So why not just punt a little bit and, and move the, the you know, the sexy guy right now, which is Pollard, for potentially a younger 
um, you know, running back two or three in the class uh, with a rookie pick. That's that's what I would try to do um, with the Pollard assets, given what just happened, and then afterwards try to to shift and and, and do something with Jimmy G or Carr as the season progresses. I like that. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the logic we're all going with here. I think that Pollard is uh, maybe a little overrated. I, I actually have an article coming out for fantasy pros where I, I call him a dynasty sell right now. Um, pretty much for the same exact reasons you just listed. I think that a lot of people are, are overhyping him. I wouldn't be shocked to see the Dallas Cowboys take a guy in the draft, whether it, I don't know if it's going to be a Gibbs or a Bijan or something like that, but I wouldn't be shocked if they get a Charbonnet or an Shane or one of those guys to help kind of, you know, alleviate the load from Pollard. Uh, I do think that there, you know, there could still be some trades. We were talking about Dalvin Cook earlier. Like there could be a way that Dalvin Cook finds his way to the Cowboys and, you know, Zeke plays for the Bengals and all these other crazy things that are coming up. We don't know. Right. So that chaos leads to some potential market moving. And I don't mind at all moving Pollard. I actually had another trade in mind that was going to be like Pollard in the 109 for the 103 or something like that. Like try to move up or try to get the 101 and do something like that. Yeah. And I couldn't quite anything that really kind of find anything that made sense with those other managers. But that was kind of where my head was going too. is I think Pollard's a pretty good option, not only because you just got him and it, you don't have any attachment, but at the same time, it's not my team. I didn't trade for Pollard, so I don't mind sending him. Uh, whereas <laughs> yeah. Frank might be like, I really like Pollard. That's why I got him. Like, okay. Okay. Then don't trade him. Uh, so I always kind of hesitate doing that, especially with him just making that trade. But uh, Scott, what do you think about that as like a Pollard move? I know that you're not necessarily a huge fan of the trade, but would you move Pollard like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's kind of the the whole thing here, right? Is like you said, cascading trades. You know, let's let's keep moving those guys for value. Let's let's pick those things up. Um, and I think the overall strategy makes more sense too. Like we're saying, hey, let's move Carr, let's move Jimmy G, but they're not at their highest value right now. So that you know, obviously Travis is smarter than us. That's why he's on the show, <laughs> and uh, and so that's that's exactly a great point. And if you take one of those young guys, and also to mention that he has Desmond Ritter too, and so that's right. a guy that if you can find one other manager in your league that says, oh, one hundred two and Ritter, I get kind of two young guys you know, two shots at it, that, that could work too. So if you can move Ritter right now, um, you know, I would, I would go that route as well. And you still have, you still have your two starters and, well, and uh, still works what out. What about this? I just, I was thinking, I was trying to find this trade earlier and it just clicked because you mentioned Ritter. Like what about 109 Pollard and Ritter for Herbert, right? Like what if you do something like that, where you're giving the guy a first round pick and Tony Pollard and Desmond Ritter. One, 102 be, Pollard and Ritter. Well, yeah. I'm saying I would start with the 109 and then pivot to the 102, but I'm saying that it's, it's again, I like to not lowball, but start on the, my favor because you never know. Um, I've also encountered a bunch of people in trades. Maybe you've encountered different uh, responses. I, I actually have a lot of people on leagues when I, where I have Ritter that are trying to come after him and really kind of want him, which fine but that means they value him right like okay well then maybe there is some value out there and i mean again in in a calculator he is worth about the same as a 109 which blows my mind um because i think a lot of people would say ritter is not worth that right if you're you know which would you rather have scott the 109 or desmond ritter i think almost everybody would say the 109 but calculators do factor yeah. in some other values and actual trades and all these things you know the public out there is kind of saying maybe it's worth that so I, that's why I like to use calculators because I would never think that trade would work. But if a calculator calls it close, who might have differed? Like, okay, well, let's send that and see what they take, right? I'd be fine to pivot to the 102 Pollard and Ritter to get Herbert. I mean, in a heartbeat. But why send that if, if the public thinks differently, right? That's kind of where I use it to check my biases in a way. Um, but yeah, I think we've given you some good options there, Frank. Hopefully you can pull something off. Let us know. Uh, either tag us on Twitter or send us a DM or something. 
uh, if you can make one of these trades happen. But I do think you're, I mean, I don't want to say you're one trade away from winning. I think you're a series of trades away. You're a cascading trades away from winning. But I do think you're probably in a better position than, you know, finishing, I don't know, second worst and getting the 102. I don't think you're in that position as long as you don't have a ton of injuries. I don't mind just spreading things around. And you've got some good rookie picks that obviously are going to have some value. So we'll see what happens. But I, I do think you're in a good <laughs> Andrew, spot. But did you, did you see the comment, by the way? Andrew Lowball. Got the zingers tonight, it's man. It's me. It's me, Pup. <laughs> Andrew Lowhall. That's what I'll just go by. Lowball. Uh, I, I don't. I know we got into oh, it with Bosch and like he is obviously Bosch is you're I'm sure you're familiar with Bosch. Man. I mean, it's we're all familiar with Bosch. <laughs> no, I, 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 no I, Travis I has never heard of him. No, never <laughs> heard of him. Right. I definitely don't co-own fantasy teams with him. No, that's right. Not. That's right. So Bosch and I kind of got into it because he's more of the send your best and final. And I'm more like I kind of like the negotiating. I like the back and forth. And, and Bosch and I are just like not we're just not simpatico in that, right? That was a great he, episode. By it the was way. a. Tr- I loved it. I've actually listened to it back a couple of times because I just <laughs> love hearing it, the argument. But I think that's that's again. It's there's no wrong way. There's no right way, right? I'm not trying to say you need to do it my way. I don't, I think that's where the difference comes in on a lot of this. And what we're giving you here, Frank, are our ideas. That none of us is saying you have to do this or like we're somehow the arbiter of truth on what is correct. Nobody knows that. Right. Like we're just here doing our best as junkies in the same kind of dynasty landscape, doing what we would do and just be junkies and trade. Like that's the whole point of this. So appreciate you going through that exercise with us, Travis. I know you're a junkie in your own right and, and have now found a full time position within the football community. I guess it's kind of fantasy related. Um, but before we disconnect, l- tell people a little more about where you are again and where they can find you on the mean Twitter streets. The mean Twitter streets. You can right. find me at uh, at FF underscore Travis M. Uh, still doing the College to Canton podcast with Stefan. You can find us on our own feed and as well as uh, Rotoviz Radio still. Um, and then, of course, uh, Mojo, uh, at Mojo on Twitter. Super hard to find. Uh, <laughs> M-O-J-O. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually, I think so. Yeah, I keep on like like second. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Uh, yeah, that, that is what it is. It, just, it, like, is. it sounds it is. so simple. It's like, how in the world? I know. But no, seriously. Um, it, it's been fun just uh, putting together a stock market where you can really bet on and, and trade players like the real stocks. It, it's incredible. And um, yeah, like I said, there's we're actually after the NFL draft. Uh, my goal is to add like 300 or more uh, college football players uh, to the market awesome. on top of what we already have. And so really we'll get the full spectrum of all the best players in uh, the country who are more than likely going to be drafted drafted in the next uh, few years. Um, and we'll get, be getting some top freshmen on there. So like even like Arch Manning will be on there uh, here soon. So if you want to trade uh, the, 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 you know, the, um, the, the, the least successful Manning son, you can do that <laughs> uh, here soon on the platform. Uh, but it's just been Penny cool. Stocks. I mean, it, it, and I'm, exactly. Although Manning's not going to be. No, I'm not Manning, but no. yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, there are some like and and so that that's what's it's just been fun to get some feedback from some real people that just are incredibly passionate about it. That you can tell they're all like fantasy junkies like us already too. So um, it's just perfect uh, to 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 get that opportunity and just feel blessed and thankful to um, you know have this eight year side hustle thing turn into uh, a, a full time gig. So thankful to Mojo. Thankful to. Uh, Pat Corain for the recommendation. <laughs> uh, thankful to, you know, for a lot of people and just uh, all the people that listened into the Dynasty Life podcast eight years ago, <laughs> you yeah. know, just like stuff like that. So that's right. Um, yes. Yeah. So just check out Mojo. Um, 
and we uh, one thing I'm not even sure if, if I should say this yet, but we're gonna have like a DFS style type uh, market play where you don't even actually right now you have to be in New Jersey to play and engage with the full market, but we're gonna have some DFS style uh, stuff coming loophole. out that has to do with uh, the market itself. Um, that's going to be going live in like pretty much all states where DFS is live. So that's awesome. going to be that's going to be super gonna be fun huge. once that. Oh, yeah. So once that that, oh, that gets up there, um, it's going to be so much fun. So yeah, check it out. Oh, that's great. I'm very excited for it. I know, and, and you and I have talked about it a little bit in in DMs and leagues and things like that. It just seems like a really yeah. unique platform. So really appreciate oh, yeah. you coming on, Travis. And I know it's going to be a fun year for you. You get a lot of work and a lot of fun at the same time. That's the way to be. Yeah. So. With that, Absolutely. obviously, we're going to get ourselves out of here. I'm Andrew Hall at yeah, Andrew well, Hall FF. Uh, you can follow the, the Dynasty Junkies at Dynasty Junkies. Follow the DAP Network at DAP underscore Network. Obviously, follow Scott at Scott underscore Sidlow. Uh, make sure you rate and review us. I'm not giving Rocky's handle. He's not on. That's the rules. Um, but make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, find us on Twitter. Follow us. Tag us on things. We love answering questions. Uh, we definitely still have a, a need for Find Me at Trades. Uh, we've gone through a couple and, and have kind of caught up almost. So if you have a trade, preferably MFL for Rocky's sake, sleeper is okay too. Uh, Dynasty owner, we've got one. I don't know how to do that one yet, so that could be tricky. Uh, we don't do best ball right now either on sleeper. That's not something we can get into. But again, submit your teams. We're loving for that. Travis, if you've got a team you want us to find a trade for, we'd be happy to help you too. Uh, we don't discriminate. <laughs> As I say, we don't discriminate yeah. against who is the co-manager with you. That's fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'd sure be to, glad to, to help. you guys. Uh, just really bash <laughs> you guys in the comments too. So love it, love it. And then also, you can uh, find a trade, and then Bosch will hate it. It'll be perfect. But uh, with oh, that, yeah. I'll kick it over to Scott to take us out of here. Yeah. Hey, I do own at Dynasty Broker on Twitter because uh, my whole my whole life was going to be creating something like Mojo. So that's that's awesome <laughs> that it was taken from. Me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but that is super cool. I can't wait till that comes out. So, yeah, thanks again, Travis, for coming on uh, an OG in this space for sure. Somebody I've listened to from the very beginning. So really appreciate your time. Um, hey, thanks to all the homies in the chat. Puff. Puff Pass Kick bringing the zingers tonight. Uh, we love it, man. We love all you guys. Submit those F mats. Uh, for Andrew Hall, I'm Scott Sidlow. Junkies out.